0: How are you guys doing today? Doing good? I was informed last week that when I put my water right here on my seat, everyone is like waiting to see if I'll knock it over. You guys, you guys feel that? I'm very aware of my water placement, so don't you don't have to worry about that. It's just the best place. I mean, because this is a little, that's not going to work. This is too low. You want me going down like, no. So I think I think I know. We'll see. This will be the day that I'll knock it over. Now, let's yeah, now that we've talked about it and stuff, we're in a good place that if I do knock it over, we can all just have a jolly old laugh about it and um I won't feel bad, you won't feel bad and it'll just now you don't even have to worry about it anymore. Thank you Tanya for bringing that up. Yeah. Um well awesome. Uh we are in the midst of I love my church series. We we come back and and we hit this um every so often to talk about um our what 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 identifies us as a church? What what makes us um unique? What 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 our thing is, right? How many of you guys love your church? Woo. Okay, cool. Good. <laughs> Glad that would have been weird if it was quiet. So I'm glad. I'm glad that you guys love your church. Um, and so this week, um, one of one of you know we we have these these words on the stage. Maybe you haven't been here um, and and heard this before, but we have love, which is love God, and good reminder for us that Valentine's Day is this week. Okay. I forget about, well, I don't forget, it just sneaks up, you know what I'm saying? So, just public service announcement, that's on Thursday. Love God, connect with others, and serve with excellence. These are, these are part of our vision, and this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about, what do we mean when we say we, we love God? What, what, is, what does that look like here at Triumph. And our primary way of doing that, of, of of loving God, when we say we love God, a lot of times we're talking about um, what we do here on, on Sunday mornings, when we come here in this place and and we love God and we and we worship Him, right? I, whenever I talk to people about you know our church, you know, and they start going here, I'm like, what? Yeah, like what? Has like attracted you to Triumph? Like I'm, I'm always curious. Like what, what, what do you like? And pretty much everyone will always say, "I love, I love the worship at Triumph. And we have great worship, right? <laughs> not just, you know." not just, it's weird to say that when you like play in the worship band or whatever, but um, but but I think we have great worship. In fact, there's times, a time when I was like, Cleveland, would it be okay if I didn't play every week? Because I just want to like be over here sometimes, like listening, and Cleveland was like, absolutely not. Yeah, he's the boss around here. Actually, uh, Pastor Rob this week was like, you know, I'm really sick, and I kind of don't, like, want to just be on stage, like, <coughs> you know, and, like, you know, and you know how the light hits his hair and stuff, and, and you would, like, really see that, you know, if he's coughing a lot, and he was like, I, I think I'm going to sit out this week, and Cleveland was like, nope, there's a song with love of organ on it, and you're going to be there, and that was just the end of that, right, there's... He's very I mean he's a he's a big man, you know. So like you don't really you just like okay, anyway. So we have great worship here and, and and I love I love worshiping here. And and part of that is is because we as a church place an emphasis on it. We think it's important. We think worship is a big important part of not only our identity but what we do as Christians and how we act. We believe it's a big part, you know. It's not, you know, worship, we we don't intend it to be like this, like, wake up, you know, like, warm up, you know, like, maybe maybe they'll listen better, you know, to the sermon if we do some songs for a while, you know, and we just warm them up, you know. It's not, it's not like, to me... It's not any lesser a part of a service than the sermon. You know, sometimes I think it's it's more important than the sermon. And I'll get into that a little bit more. But... We, we, we want to talk about this, and we want to explain why we do worship, why, why, we, why we sing these songs, because sometimes we can forget, or sometimes we just grow accustomed to it, or we just get used to it. And so it's important for us to talk about what worship is and why we do it every so often. Last time I talked about this, um, I really emphasized this point that, that worship is not about flattery. Worship is not about flattering God right we i mean we sing these songs about like how great god is you know and how faithful he is you know but it's not our attitude isn't like god's like in heaven like come on sing me some praises church like it, god doesn't have self esteem problems right you know and he's not like you know i really want people to just sing about me all the time and so that's an important thing that 's not why we do it worship what 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 worship is is the right response to something that is extraordinary. Worship is the correct or right response to something that is extraordinary so we 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 experience this this happens to us um, apart from from worship right you you might see something amazing and and you 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 know you stand up or you're in awe of something you know like, I love it whenever we go to Colorado and we're driving around in the mountains and, you know I'm not used to mountains because I live here, and you, have you ever done this? You're like driving down a highway and like your head's like against the glass like of the window the whole time because you're like just and and you sound like Owen Wilson you know you're like wow wow. Wow. And you just keep on saying that, like, over and over again. Wow. And you can't, like, stop yourself. You can't contain yourself from just, like, being in awe of these, like, amazing mountains, right? Or maybe you experience this. Like, how many of you guys, um, when you watch, like, a game, when you watch sports, like, you get into it a little bit? Yeah? You talk a little bit. You might stand. Like, um, I'm like a, a big Oklahoma city thunder fan and yesterday was an amazing day. Uh, yeah, we were, they, we were playing the rockets and that, you know, was exciting enough, but at the half we were down or b- before the half a little bit, we were down 26 points and it was like, I think I'm going to go to bed, but I stuck through it or whatever. And we like made this awesome comeback. And when that happens, uh, I stand for the rest of the quarter. You know, like I just, I I just pace. You know, our, our TV is mounted above like the the chimney, you know, mantle, and I just like rest there, like three inches from the screen, and then I pace. And and uh, last Sunday, actually, you know, we had all these nails from Christmas on the top of the mantle, and they were like in there really good. But the game was so close that I was so nervous that I was able to like work every one of those nails out with just my fingers. Cuz it's like, oh, it's cool. Like that was my that was my de-stressor. Like I'd go to commercial break and I'm like working on these nails. Like, come on. <clears throat> and so so you might, you know, like you see an amazing catch or a slam dunk or whatever it is and and you you get excited, right? You, you, you praise that person. You exhibit this response to something that is extraordinary, right? You you might do, you know, like I, I talk about my kids all the time, but they're so cute, right? Emerson, she's just like so small, and so cute, and and she's like really into this. She, she's doing this right now, where she wants to. You know, you know that song "Tremble." Um, it's a worship song. It goes, "Jesus, Jesus." She loves that song, and she's like always like wanting to play it on like the Echo Dot or whatever. And she's like, she's like, play "Tremble." And then she gets her microphone, and she just like stands in the kitchen, and she sings, "Jesus, Jesus." And it's so cute, and all the time i'm just telling her emerson you are so cute i have to say it if if i don't say it it hurts it, it hurts my soul to keep it in you know one time i was like emerson you're adorable and she's like no i'm not adorable i'm cute <laughs> and and that's like to how cute Emerson is, that is the correct response to tell her how cute she is, right? You guys do it all the time you got someone will like, say, that Emerson she's pretty cute, and I'm like you're right, you know that is correct like and so this this is worship, and this is praise. So worship done correctly towards God is not about trying to get something, right? I don't tell Emerson how cute she is to get something from her, you know? I'm not trying to, like, butter her up, you know? Although I do sometimes before bed, I do, like, this rapid-fire, like, self-esteem boost, like, whisper in their ears, like, you're so strong and you're so kind and I love you so much so that they're like, ah, and they're like, you know, fall asleep. Um... So that has a tinge i mean I mean everything I'm saying, but there's a tinge of like other motivations but 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 with God, you know we don't we don't worship him just to you know rightly we don't worship him to to get something or to flatter him or to avoid punishment when we are rightly worshiping god it's because we are recognizing something extraordinary. We are recognizing something that is amazing. And so when we lift our hands and we sing and we praise him, when we do it rightly. It's because we're recognizing how great he is. And we can't help just like when you, when you stand up at at a basketball game or, you know, something, you just, it, it consumes you and it's, it's, you're fully realizing how good he is. And that's what worship looks like when it's done war, right. Worship in a broad sense is, is something that we do with, with every aspect of our lives. You can think of it this way, it, as worship ascribing worth to God, saying you are worth. Like you can think of like worth-ship, like you're shipping worth to God. You're saying you are worth and um, my time and my effort and everything i have and we can we, we can do this with every part of our lives as 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 we imitate christ and we act like him as we tr- the way we the way we treat our coworkers can be worship and the way we spend our money can be worship and the way we treat ourselves can be worship the the, the what you eat and what you drink can be worship right Paul says, whatever you eat and drink, do it for the glory of God. So even that we can be mindful of. But praise, I'm talking about us singing and, and playing. What we do here on Sunday mornings, that is, that is a subcategory of worship. We can worship with our whole lives, but there's something unique that happens when we praise God, and when we come together and we praise him and we worship him. i am read this, this verse from Psalm 34 and verse 3. The psalmist says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us ex- exalt his name together. There's a call. Magnify the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. When we gather together, there, there is something dynamic and special that goes on. Not that you can't worship on yourself, or, um, no, don't worship on yourself, okay, all right. Not that you can't worship by yourself, but there's something unique that happens when we come together. Just, you know, like... When you go to, like, a sports game, you know, like, a couple uh, weeks ago, I took my dad to his first Oklahoma, like, national sports game since we've moved here or whatever. We went to a Thunder game. It was our second attempt. The first time I got a flat tire, like, 20 minutes from our house, and it was a disaster. But, uh, ticket insurance. I've never bought that before, but I did that time, and I'm like, God, you were directing my fingers to click that button. And... But we went and 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 you know when you go to a game, there's something like unique about that experience right you part of you is like, oh, I'm kind of tired. It'd be kind of great to like sit on my own couch, and there's like the commentators and there's like you know the close up cameras and um and you know coke doesn't cost five dollars at my house and and it's not an hour and a half away, plus parking and all that, you know, there's, there's, there's that aspect, but when, when you go to a game, like, even if you're, like, walking in kind of tired, you know, and even if your seats aren't great, right, like, we w- <laughs> my dad kept on joking, he was like, you know, we, you walk in and the, en- the ground floor, you know, I'm like, okay, let's go up these stairs, and he's like, they're not down here on this floor, nope, okay, <laughs> the next level. Are they on this level? Nope, we are getting closer to God. We're going to the top, <laughs> and uh you know so you're pretty you're pretty far away. I mean, you can see the players and you can recognize them and stuff but but as far as like the view, you know, it's not as good, but you could be tired and walk into a great game, and just the energy of the crowd like changes your countenance, right. You can be tired and then you're like, no, you know, everyone around you is cheering. Like there's like a 70 year old lady in front of us that was amazing. And she was like so into the game and just like every call she was like, and she was just shouting. And I was like, I want to sit behind you all the time, everywhere I go. Um, and, and, and there's something unique and, and special about that right the, there 's this there 's this theory called emergent property theory right and that 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 basically says that things groups of things can take on properties that they don 't possess as individuals right this uh, This applies to like molecules, but it can apply to insects, it can apply to people you know think about like ants i 'm told you know they're they 're very small well, I knew that i didn 't have to be told that. But um, I'm told that they they have, like, six functions. Like, they can basically do six different things, and that's it. But yet, together, they they build these amazing um, homes, you know. And and even though there's not, like, a single ant that's, like, the architect, like, drawing up plans and directing people, like, Together, they, they, they do something unique that none of them by themselves have that property. Or, you know, you see birds flying, um, like, in, in V formations or whatever. Together, they, they, they can fly further and faster and easier. I read that it was, like, 71% more efficient when they, like, fly in, in a V formation, and for us, like, when, when we worship together, a, a similar thing happens. We are encouraged by one another. I think God becomes more present to us because he is present in, within one another. So when we come together on Sunday morning, it's not to do some sort of sing-along, you know, some group sing-along. Well, you know, we work on our vocal chords you know some you know we 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 come together to encounter god when we worship together we encounter god in a meaningful way and transformation can take place in that setting in ways that don't normally take place in other settings I've, seen, I've experienced it myself and I've seen it in, in the lives of other people oftentimes. And it's in a time of worship when God's people are gathered together and singing his name. That I've seen transformation take place in people's lives. You can probably attest to this. Much more often I've seen that than like, you know, the preacher says something really clever and someone's like, oh, man, my life's changed. That doesn't really happen as much in worship i've seen people's lives change i think of um in the old testament when when solomon finished building his temple for the lord he finished it he built this grand temple and and i was thinking about this you know god never asked for for david um or his son to build him a temple he never like requested that but david out of praise and out of worship he was like God, I want to give you this sweet, awesome temple, right? And it's going to be filled with the most like expensive stuff. It's going to be all cedar, and it's going to be sweet, and 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 he built it out of, out of out of worship, and his son completed that. But, but. When, when he completed that the King Solomon, he, he gathered everyone together, and he had all these priests and, and it talks about them them playing uh, trumpets and singing and, and playing cymbals and the, and the glory of God filled that place in such a way that that the people couldn 't stand right The presence of the Lord was so present and so heavy that they weren't able to stand. And I believe that, like, when we worship together, when we sing together, when we praise him together in unity, that God's presence is here in a powerful, powerful way. We place, you know, in our culture, in Western culture, we place a lot of emphasis on information, right? We want to like, give me, give me some, you know, teach me something. Give me a tidbit, an interesting, you know, thing to, to share. And, and we seek out, out information. A lot of times information doesn't lead to transformation. We learn things, but, but it doesn't, it doesn't change us. I think information is really a little bit of an idol in our society. Like, we, like why, why, why seek out God when you can Google something, right? Why, like, well, I need an answer to this? Well, I'm just going to look it up, you know. We have this attitude where, where, you know, I think, practically speaking, yeah, I think a lot of us turn to Google before we turn to God in most things. But experiences are what change us. You know, uh, Cleveland was sharing with me the other day um, that he got, like, a DNA test for um, Christmas or something. And so, how many of you guys know about, like, these, you know, DNA tests? And you have to spit a lot into a tube. I actually got my parents some. I don't know if they've done it yet. You did? Okay, cool. I wanted to know what my genes were. So, I was like, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Please spit into this vial. Um, <coughs> but Cleveland was telling me—I uh, mean, I didn't get his permission to share this, so we'll find out. Okay, he's given—he's given me the nod. Okay, he's saying that he's gotten this, and and he—he he hasn't been able to do it yet because he has this thing about saliva, and it was born out of. I'm not sure. You might have to ask him to drum up this traumatic experience again. But I believe, right, when you were a teenage boy, when you were eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is going back deep. Another boy spit into his mouth. I know, boys are gross. And the sad thing is he told me that, and I wasn't even surprised at all. You know, I'm like... That stinks, but that happens. You know, like, that shouldn't happen. Um, but, so, he's, like, traumatized from it, right? And he's, like, we're, we're like, coming up with, like, schemes to fill this up. Like, I'm, like, maybe you could take a nap, like, with your nose plugged so you're breathing out of your mouth, and then, like, someone can just, like, prop up the vial next to your mouth, and maybe you'll be able to fill it up subconsciously, you know? Um, but... That's like an experience, right, that has a deep, tra- you know, <laughs> Cleveland is forever transformed by that. And uh, we, we has, you know, I've heard of similar experiences. You know, people have like, they're like, oh, I'll never, you know, like Cheetos or something. They're like, I'll never eat that again because one time I got the flu and I also ate Cheetos and I puked up orange things. And they're like, no, nope, never going to eat that again. Am I getting too gross? Sorry. Okay, let me let me back it up. This this also, like, happens, you know, in, in like, in, in positive ways, right? Like, you experience something. How many, like, someone's told you, like, of a restaurant or some food, and they're like, it's so good, it's so good, you have to try it. And you're like, yeah. and then you do try it, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is the best, right? Like, like have you ever had those Oreo thins? You know what I'm talking about? The thin, like, they not, not... Not double or not single, but there's like they're called Oreo thins. And they're just really thin. And they're amazing. And if you had them, right? How if if you've had them, raise those hands. They're good, right? Yeah, thumbs up, right? If you've never had them, you're like, I know what you're thinking. You're like, what's so special about a thin Oreo? But you have to experience it. That's the only way I can describe it. It's like if you buy, it, I don't it's a breakthrough in, in pastry, like commercial pastry. They're like, let's take the Oreo and make it thin. And now they're like, Can we make it thinner? Like it's so good. So you're gonna have to just take my word and you're gonna try it. And after you've experienced it, you're gonna understand like thin Oreos are the future. We used to think there was bigger Oreos were the future. We were wrong. But this the same thing, like I can tell you about that and I bet you're just like, sure, whatever. You know, like this, this is a strange analogy where it works better if you don't know what I'm talking about because that is how we are so often like with, with God, right? We're talking to someone about God and, and sharing experience. You know, we're like let me talk to you about God. And they're like, okay. And you're like, he died for your sins, you know? And it's kind of hard to explain, isn't it? It's kind of hard to explain why God is so good unless you've experienced it. Right? Once you've experienced his, his love In worship, that I feel like is a lot of times when people are transformed, when they are changed, the coin falls into the slot, and people are changed forever. Worship can be a powerful form of an evangelism in this way. I think so often. We, we, we like the, convincing someone of God seems like a kind of a crazy task, and you're not really sure. And maybe it's because yeah, like you've just had this experience that you can't explain. I think more times than not, it's not clever words that a preacher says, but it's an experience in worship when someone comes into this place, and they feel the presence of God while believers praise his name while they exalt him. It's like going, you know, it's like you've never watched, you know, I like, I'm not like a college football person, but my brother in laws like, father has season tickets. So I've gone to like a couple OSU games and those are the only games that I've watched are ones that I've been there at the stadium for. And when I'm there, I'm like, I'm all about it, right? I'm into it, and I think a similar thing happens when people come into this place and they and they worship Him. It's kind of you know, it's like explaining the mountains to someone, right? And you're like, oh, if you, you've never been to Colorado, you gotta you gotta go sometime and see the mountains. And they're if they're like, sure, sure, like what's so great about the mountains? I'd be like, they're big. <laughs> Like, what else can he say? They're just like really, really big. I think we can have that same thing, you know. You you have to experience God. Well, what is so great about him? You're just going to have to come and experience him. I want to read from Psalms 22. And I wanted to uh, talk about this for a while before I hit this passage, because I want us to, um, in worship, thinking about worship, thinking about this, um, talk about this. So Psalms 22, I will declare your name to my people. In the assembly, I will praise you. You You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him, revere him. All you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or scorned the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for help. From you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. From you, God. That, that hit me as I was reading it. From you comes the theme of my praise. I'm not making it up. I'm not trying to come up with something. I am inspired by you. My praise comes from your greatness and your goodness and your love. Before those who fear you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied, and those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it. I love the imagery of this psalm, talking about how I will praise. You before other people, because of your goodness, I will praise you. And then it moves on to how not only, you know, us, the people of God, will praise him, but all the nations of the world will praise him. All the families of the world will kneel before him. And to me, this says like, this is, this is like evangelism through worship, right? Right? This is people having an encounter with God through worship. And so praising him, worshiping him, it is is a vital thing, but it's also a choice. Worship is a choice. It's something that sometimes we have to choose to engage in. It's like setting our, when we praise God, when, when, when we when we put him in the highest place, that is like setting our orientation correctly, right? It's like if you have a map, but it's not facing north, it's not a very good map, right? But if you know how to orientate that map, then, then things are in the right place and you can begin to navigate and make decisions. I think. In worship, when we put God in the highest place, when we put him in his right place, we are ordering our lives correctly. We are setting up our lives correctly to where he is in his right place. And so worship is is vital for us. When God isn't the most important thing in your life, well, things are out of order. But I encourage you guys to to engage in worship, to worship him, not just for you, but for those around you as well. There can be people that enter into this place that badly need an encounter with the Lord. And us as a church can be his people. We can help bring that presence of God here in this place in a powerful way so that people can be changed. And so you can you can choose to, to not engage in worship. You know, I, I feel like we do, we do this with, a lot of us have sports that we like and sports that we like don't care for, right? And we're like, you know, I hear people say that, you know, golf, you know. Some people are like, golf is boring. Some people are like, baseball is boring. Some people are like, you know. But obviously, there's something interesting around it. Like, if if something has a magazine dedicated to it, it must be somewhat interested, right? Like, that's the the threshold. If someone can, like, monthly write about it somehow, like, there's something to be interested in that. So I want to, like, encourage you. If you're a person that you just... I don't know, worship, like, it's not my thing, you know. I want you to, like, really re examine that because I think you're missing out on something incredible, something that God created you to do, and something that can potentially reorder your life and set things right. Don't don't let your attitude about worship be complacent. If you'll stand with me, bow your heads. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that we have the opportunity as your children to come into a place like this and worship you together. God, help us to to re-examine our thoughts, God. Help us to weed out distractions, God, as we come into a time of worship and we worship you, God. Help us to focus on you wholeheartedly. God, help us to see you for who you are, for your greatness, God, help us to get a taste. If, if, if we've started to, to become used to who, who you are, God, shake us out of that, God. We want to know how great you are, God. We want to know your great sacrifice, God, for us. Let your greatness and your goodness not become a mundane thing in our lives that we just take for granted, God. But we worship you, and we know your goodness and your greatness. God, help us to be a people that worship you joyfully, wholeheartedly. God, that when we come into this place, God, we are expecting an encounter with you, the Most High God. We want to feel your presence here in this place, God. We want to see lives changed in worship, God. We want to see how you affect us, God, how you change us, God. We want to see people have encounters with you. God, we love you. We thank you, God. We give everything to you, God. We give our whole lives to you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. One last one last thought before we move on.